everybody. Welcome to the Grace Society podcast where theology meets practicality. I'm Jay Segundo. And I'm Justin. And welcome to episode five of the Grace Society podcast. Mm-hmm. Five, five, five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for um, coming and being a part of this family. Um, today's title of the podcast is uh, Signs of Christian Maturity or the theme of the podcast. And so we're kind of going off of what we kind of finished talking about last week in, in worship where we didn't we said we didn't want to stay in that place of um, only feelings mm-hmm. and uh, trying to stay in a place of where my feelings kind of direct me. And that's like true worship for us, yeah. but rather getting to that place where truth is established in us. and that got us kind of discussing more about mature Christianity and, mm-hmm. and growing in our faith. And which is an odd topic for some, right? Because a lot of people don't even know that we can or are asked to grow or asked to mature through scripture. Right. Yeah. I love that we're, we're going into this topic because like you said, we don't usually our first thought is not, Hey, I need to now mature in what right. I believe and what I know. Um, you know, sometimes the thought is I believe and and that's it. That's, that's the, you know, it stops there. Exactly. Um, but truthfully, that is not where it stops. That's only the beginning. Right. Uh, you know, so we're going to talk about some um, things and aspects of Christian maturity today. So, And, and just a disclaimer, because we are going to say 1.1, 2, 3, and 4. We're not ranking these uh, signs of maturity. Rather, we're doing it for organizational purposes so that we can uh, better understand what we're trying to portray here today. We're not saying one is better than the other. And actually, these are not the complete list of the signs in which the Bible says you need to be at mm-hmm. or you, or this is maturity. These are a couple that we saw throughout Scripture yeah. that in our discussion were really highlighted to us to be able to bring um, for the audience today um, in this podcast. Yeah. And also, you know, we're going to be going through some things that that um, uh, need humility and sure. and, and yes. we're, we're saying them in grace. You yes. know, yes. if you feel uh, convicted at any time throughout this podcast, we are not targeting uh, absolutely nobody. We're not coming for any of you guys' throats. <laughs> you know, these are things <laughs> that we are growing in as well. We continue to grow and we continue to work towards. Um, so I just wanted to throw that right. disclaimer out there as well. So we'll start with number one. So the number one for a sign, remember, not ranked, but the first point is that we as mature Christians begin to see trials as training. Mm-hmm. That, that's the first thing. No longer are we seeing trials as this abuse from God or or are seeing it as something that's so evil, but rather seeing it as training. Mm-hmm. And Romans chapter five, verses three through five says this. Not only that. But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm -hmm. So first thing is that this is not fun. Trials are not fun and they're not meant to be fun. But the truth is that growth is never painless. Right. There is never growth without pain. And we see that through when we work out and we're starting to do bicep curls. And then the next morning we wake up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even put my arms straight. Like my biceps <laughs> hurt or we we're doing leg workouts and right. like you can't even walk and your job requires you to go upstairs. And you're, you're like, waddling around like yeah. a penguin. Like, why did I start working out? And, and, 
And you finally understand that I want to get to a specific place, but there is pain involved mm. um, to get there. And I've seen that in, in, in being a sports person myself and growing up playing sports. I wanted to be at a certain level and I had to learn to embrace the pain that was going to be with that. Embrace that workouts, two a days, uh, um, swimming miles and miles, but not um, giving up because I knew that at the end of the day, the place that was going to get me was better for me. Right. And it's kind of the same thing. Understanding as mature Christians that growth is never painless. And we take this concept of, uh, of growth never being painless and we apply it to trials. And we apply it to not seeing trials no longer as cosmic abuse from God or, or we're sticking our fist up and we're like, God, what are you doing? Like, this is not supposed to happen. I'm your son. I'm your, I'm your daughter. And we start freaking out. And we're like, man, does God even love me? Or man, am I even saved? I thought everything was sunshines and rainbows. And then, no, that's not the Christian walk. Right. I, I think it's funny too, right now, I was thinking that we often, um, you know, are, 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 accepting of the fact that in sports yeah. in in physical fitness there is that aspect of pain and that's okay right. like we you know we register it as like this is the process right but we don't always do that within our own lives right. within our spiritual life n nonetheless right we don't we don't register as this trial mm -hmm. is is to produce endurance, as as Paul says. Right. You know, to to produce endurance in me for the the this walk, this run, this marathon that right. I'm doing with Christ. You know, right. so I think the 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 view that you know as we work towards spiritual mm -hmm. maturity is, hey, you know, there will be pain. Yeah, there will be growing pains, yeah. and that is okay. Whatever that looks like. I I don't have any like really solid detailed right. um, examples at the moment, but you know, whatever that may look like right. in, a, in, in any person's life at any given time, you know, that is growth and that exactly. is producing that endurance needed. Right. And, and we don't want to kind of come off as saying mature Christians don't feel right. everything that you feel in a trial, because the truth is that mature Christians still feel. Right. And we're not of the camp where it says, kill your emotions. Your emotions are bad. Your emotions uh, limit who you are, your emotions. No, 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 no. We actually believe that God has given us emotions, that they're given by God, and that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, actually felt emotions as well. In the shortest verse in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. But in order for Jesus to weep, there had to be an emotion that led him to begin to have tears. So we're not of the camp to, to kill emotions. Like We're not here like, guys, stop feeling and embrace trial. But rather, we understand that we're going to feel and we're going to probably feel a wide range of emotions mm -hmm. when we're thrown into that place of a trial or of a tribulation. But the difference is that those feelings that we feel follow our faith, not lead our faith. Right. Absolutely. This always brings me to, um, you know, thinking of of my daughter where she's one year old. So she's a one year old. So 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 her her um, processing of feelings or you know, in expressing those is, I'm just going to whine and cry to communicate. And right. that's fine because right. she has not gone through the process of maturing through life. She's mm -hmm. literally been on this earth for a year and, yeah. and change, right? But, you know, if I were to do the same, if I were to allow my emotions mm. to lead the way and I just whine yeah. and cry <laughs> and, and I'm out in public and trying to communicate, but I'm whining and crying instead of, you know, contextual, contextualizing my emotions and what I'm feeling, 
You know, there is a problem there because I have not matured. I have not gone through the process of understanding what those emotions are and what, 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 how they relate to the trial or whatever I'm going through. Huge, huge, because it's not about killing, like we just said, and and what you said. And even if you feel those, but my faith leads that, Mm -hmm. not the emotions lead my faith. I don't look at my circumstances and say, okay, let me real check, check how I feel. And then I'll tell you how much faith I have, God. Hmm. But rather, I have faith, God, so emotions are submitted to that faith that I have in you. You've said in your word that you never leave nor forsake. Therefore, my circumstance looks like you might not be here, but I trust that you're here. I trust who you are, your nature, who you've declared yourself to be. And so that's the difference when we're saying submit those feelings. Feel it. Don't become a robot. That's the last thing we want. But understand that God's word triumphs. His objective truth triumphs over our subjective truth and what we find in our emotions. Mm. And so that's huge. And so a quick like comparison between an immature Christian and a mature Christian when it comes to trials is that an immature Christian will see a trial and say, hey, that's abuse. Or Mm -hmm. God, I'm gonna give you a piece of my mind real quick because when I got saved, ain't nobody tell me about this part, you know, (laughs) or like, hey, God, like, let me tell you something like in the word, it says I'm your son and I don't get why this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. And aren't you supposed to be a daddy God and and like (laughs) be be like for the protector and all these things. And, And a mature Christian says, God, I trust your word. Right. Right. God, I trust your sovereignty. Yes. God, I trust that you're the same Lord in the mountaintops when everything was going good for me. And you're the same Lord in the valleys when I can't see or feel you around mm-hmm. and that you are constant. And that, that one of your, your, your character traits or your attributes is that you're immutable. You're never changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hang on to. And I see this, this trial as training as, as you're building me in godliness, that you're making me more and more like your perfect son. And that I, I I'm embracing this trial because God, I believe that in this, there is growth. In this trial that I'm feeling, there is an opportunity for me to grow in my faith, grow in my walk, grow in my godliness. And that's how the comparison between an immature Christian handles a trial and a mature one. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, the major differences um, between maturity and immaturity, uh, you know, in in the practical life and and as we're speaking spiritually, is the lenses we choose to right. to view whatever circumstance, you yeah. know? So like yeah. the immature would just absolutely freak out mm. and and not lean on what is known, what they have read, right. you know, the God that they believe in. Mm. The mature, you know, does not is, is viewing it, whatever they're facing through the lens. And we, you know, this was a, a quote from the last podcast uh, episode. Um, but we 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 view the whatever trial, whatever problem, whatever issue, whatever mm. you want to call it, whatever we may be going through, through the lens of like, yeah, but my God, yeah, is my God, you know, yeah. is is a sovereign God, is a great God, is a powerful God, and yeah. and and you know that th- that's maturity, exactly. And, you know, it 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 comes, it, it makes me think of of. Maturity in the sense of when I was growing up and, um, you know, in, in view of my father, right? And he were to say, uh, we we can't do that right now. Yeah. You know, either buying a toy or buying a game yeah. or or doing or, or going out to like Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, you, whatever it may be, you know. Um, 
maturity is I know my dad loves me. Mm. I know that my dad cares for me. Right. I know my dad always provides for me. But if he's saying no in this moment, yeah. it's for a reason. And I trust him. Exactly. Immaturity says, no, there's no <laughs> way this is happening to me right now. I want this instead of this. Yeah. Whatever you're saying we're going to do instead of what I want is boring or it's it's going to cause me whatever emotional pain you do, you feel as a child. Um, you know, so that's immaturity. This is not right. right. And I'm at that moment, I'm not trusting right. who you are. I'm trusting more so what I'm feeling. Exactly. And and and, more, and it shows us our immaturity, but it also shows us the place our faith is in. Because hmm. it's not hard. Guys. It's not hard to trust God when everything's going good. Right. It's right. not hard at all. Right. It's, dang, my family's all at church. <laughs> I just got a raise. Right. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something happens and you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And like your whole world is shake. And then all of a sudden you're like, that faith, where, where is it at? And mm-hmm. the Bible is saying, hey, count that as joy. You're growing. Right. And actually look at James chapter one, verse two says, count it all joy, my brothers. Yep. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness mm. and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm. This is huge because he said, look, do you see this trial that you're in? Count it joy, first of all. Then understand that it's the testing of your faith. Mm. Understand that as your faith is being tested, that it's producing something. Right. That there is a result that's going to happen from this trial. Mm. And that result is like what we said earlier, endurance, steadfastness. And that steadfastness will have its full effect in us that we may become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And obviously, we're not going to be perfect and complete on earth. Right. There will be a day when we join Jesus Christ in glorification and that day will come. But what, what, what we're trying to understand and establish here is we're counting it as joy, not because I'm like, gosh, trials are so fun. <laughs> but we're counting it as joy because we've seen that there is a product that comes after this that leads into an effect that transforms my life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And I was going to say that um, when, it, when it talks about lacking nothing, um, it's a matter of the heart right? as well. Because... Um, Many times, I'm not sure if, I, I haven't seen this scripture used that way, but it could be possibly, um, you know, the thought could be lacking nothing. Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to receive um, material things. I'm going to receive money. I'm not going to lack. I'm going to be uh, abundant in right. finances and right. things and exactly. materials exactly. and I was successful. That's not what it's talking about right. here. Lacking nothing is a matter of the heart that once you get through that endurance, mm. that steadfastness, the lacking nothing right. is that trust that you have in, yes. in, in your God and in the God that that cares and, and knowing that it's almost knowing, trusting and believing that if you have God and if you have the trust in God, you have all that you need. Right. You know, that's the lacking nothing, you know, right. not that those things, other things can't happen materially, right. but they are not the priority and they are not a- absolutely the priority in, in as a heart matter. Um, There's one more example we yeah. can touch and it's second Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll start from verse seven and we'll go down to verse 10 and I'll start this. It says, so to me, this is Paul. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, Paul knows, like, hey man, 
I'm yeah. getting some crazy getting, stuff yeah. right here. Like, I'm getting some holy downloads. Exactly. Right here. And so I, I know what I'm getting right here. And so he said, to so keep me from coming conceited, a thorn was given in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Mm. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. And this is huge because I want to see the, the perspective change. He sees this thorn and he's feeling this thorn and he's seeing this trial and he's like, I, I want out. Mm-hmm. And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord, get me out of this. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Leave it. And in verse nine, he says, but this is what the Lord answered. Hmm. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He's seeing this trial and his first perspective is, Lord, get me out of this. I yeah. don't want this. Yeah. And Jesus is like, hold up. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then comes the transition. Then comes the flip. When we understand that, Paul says, now I'm talking about, I'm going to boast gladly in my weakness. Right. Because the power of Christ rests upon me in that place. Yeah. And then verse 10 says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content. He used to say, get me out of this. I don't want it. Now he's saying, I'm content with weakness, with, ins- with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hmm. That is a huge change. Yeah. But it shows us what an immature Christian to a mature Christian is. Always wanting out or seeing, hey, I'm boasting in this now. Right. Because even in this trial, I know that his power is being perfected mm-hmm. in the places in which I am weak. And your grace, Lord, is sufficient for me to overcome. Your grace is sufficient for me to power me through. Because when I am weak, then I am actually strong. Right. And and this is not to say, you know, become, you know, human punching bags, <laughs> yeah, allow yeah, things to happen and don't react. But it is to have the mindset that I am limited as a human being who right. I am. I am limited to right. do. I am limited to, to accomplish and even most of all to save myself. Mm-hmm. Right. But within that weakness... And within my dependency yeah. in, in, in God, then I am strong through his strength, through, his strength. through, who, he, through who he is. Yeah. So that's amazing to think about. That is, uh, you know, seeing our, 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 our trials as training and, and that being a sign of maturity. Another right. sign of maturity is through our prayer life. Mm. Um, one of the biggest indicators of our maturity in Christ is our prayer life. Yeah. So much so that um, we have a, a Spurgeon quote here. He, um, when he was asked, what is more important, praying or reading the Bible? And then uh, Spurgeon asks back, instead of answering, he right, answers with a right. question. He says, what is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Right. And so I love this response because I believe um, th- they were asking this question, yeah. you know, to receive some just like also just download from him and some, right. some some revelation that was going to just, you know, shatter their brains and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. reading is better or right. praying is better. But really, um, I love this response because he says, what, what is more important than mm. breathing in or breathing out? Yeah. And he with that response, he 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 depicts the equal importance in both because wow. I cannot breathe in less yeah. and breathe out more yeah. and I cannot breathe in more and breathe out less, you know, so like that, that it just wouldn't make sense. I'd, make I'd, sense. I'd be breathing weird, but, <laughs> or, or, you know, right. 
Like it's just you know a little ASMR for everybody. But um, you know that that would that it, it just I love it because it 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 adds just a beautiful picture of the importance of reading scripture and praying and how they go together. They go hand in hand, hand in hand. You know, and and he's not saying anything else, but he's given the equality in which he views both. And like you said, I feel like. They came to the Prince of Preachers. This is Charles Spurgeon's nickname, the Prince of Preachers and the man who spoke the word so vigorously, so faithfully. And he'd get up on that pulpit and everyone would be quiet and just hear <laughs> Charles Spurgeon preach the word. And they go like, all right, tell us, right? The Bible is more important. And he's like, no, um, they're both equally important and you need both to live. Right. Because this is not even just a matter of, of what's more important, but that's a matter of life. If yeah. we really see his answer, he's saying breathing in and breathing out, you need both to live. That's good. And you need to be able to pray and you need to be able to read your word. Absolutely. And we have to come to the conclusion in, in our prayer life that God's divine opinion matters. Oh, you know, and so that's the reason we go to scripture. And yeah. that's the reason that we pray yeah. because God's divine opinion matters. If we just walk about, you know, um, thinking about our own opinions and right. our own translation of of what the of, of what the word says or what we believe God would say, right. rather than getting down in that place of asking God, right. what is your heart? What is your will? Which is already a sign of maturity. Yes, being able to be like, hey, you know what, um, God, your opinion is higher than mine. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so your <laughs> ways are higher than ours. So there must be something divine that you have are ordained in your will that I want to submit mine to, that I want to be um, the center of what I pray. I don't want my prayer life to be focused on what my opinions are of the things that are happening, but filled with your will for what's going on in the world, in my life and in my family. Right. And when we, when we view prayer and, and you know, this, this is just, I guess, a general generalization. Um, you know, sometimes we view it as like, um, you know, what, but what do I say or what, what, you know, how do I go about it? And sometimes we, we lean on the fact, well, let me say what I need. Mm. Let me express my needs. Oh, God, I need this done. And I need that. And that is important right. because we see our physical and emotional needs are important to God. Yes. And we see that in Matthew um, chapter six, verses 25 to 34, as, as it says, for um for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to you as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food mm. and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Come on. And who of you by being worried, can add a single hour to his life. Mm. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the, of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace. Yeah. Will he not much more clothe you, mm. you of little faith? Ouch. <laughs> do not. Uh, verse 31 says, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? Mm. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, yeah. but seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Right. This is a beautiful just (laughs) passage, a a beautiful chunk of scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Mm all-encompassing, it it shows us the heart of God. Yeah. It shows us that he truly cares for our physical and emotional needs. Yeah. So much so that we have no business, no need to worry about them. Right. You know, and and so in 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 regards to prayer, we need to go into prayer knowing that he has this in mind already. Right. That he knows these things. Right. We don't need to go in and convince God of let, let me let me let me put this petition in for my needs mm. and my emotional and physical needs. Hopefully God reads this and and <laughs> and hears this and then he responds. You know, this is not yeah. this is not, you know, like the government where you're gonna apply for something right. and, and and wait on the response. God knows these physical and emotional needs that we have. So there's no need to sit and I don't want to say waste time, but spend time or or, 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 or just spend the the brain energy or right. the energy that you have on trying to convince God exactly. of, please help me, please help me, please. These are the needs I have. There's in our prayer life, there, 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 it needs to be, there's a, there's more of a depth right. than that. And he moves from that because he's saying, look, it, I got y'all back. Like, I understand what you need. And it's not like a place of never pray for those things. But understand that God knows those things. Yes. And move to the broader understanding that he's also saying, because I know, because I got you guys, Mm -hmm. trust me, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Right. And all of its righteousness. Right. Broaden your view of what you want to pray for. Look greater than yourself and see that there is other um, needs at hand that I am also involved with. Right. The key is that is realizing us realizing that there is more to prayer than just asking God for everything we want Him to do for us. Right. Right. But but rather in Scripture we see other forms of prayer that we should be praying mm. in our prayer life, like salvation for souls, right. freedom from sin, gospel advancement. Thanksgiving to God for who he is and all he has done. You know, these are all other aspects of prayer that we can be diving in and and really, you know, uh, God, uh, I pray for the uh, advancement of your gospel. Uh, God, the freedom from sin, you know, God, uh, thank you for the salvation for souls. I pray pray for more salvation of souls. Like these are all things that are... are, are, On his heart as well. Yeah, are on his heart as well. And and they're... it, it's it's almost like I'm reluctant to say that this is mature prayer, mm-hmm. um, but but when our our priority moves from me myself and I right. to the broader right. picture, that's maturity. Yeah, and even in that place where you said Thanksgiving to God for all He is and what He's done, mm-hmm. moving to that place of understanding that a lot of the times we come, all right, God. Hey, I love you, but um, guess what? I need this. I need that. I need that. I need that. And there's never a reverence, a moment of, God, I just want to sit here and worship you and love you and tell you how good you are and how good you've been to my life. And I always tell people, if we're really going to pattern the prayer of Jesus and the Lord's prayer, he says, Our Father, who thou in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He first starts by recognizing who the Father is. Our hmm. Father, who is in heaven. That's good. Then he moves into the place, hallowed be your name. Yeah. 
what what that actually is saying is, Lord, let your name be revered. Yeah. Let your name be respected. Let your name hmm. go to all the nations. Let it be revered as holy, as something that that is great beyond measure. And and so what he's saying is, let's praise God when we come to prayer. The first thing is recognize who he is yeah. and pray that the nations come to the scene, that his name is holy, that, that his name is to be held in reverence, that he is greater than our wildest dreams and our expectations of a, who a God is, but that he surpasses it all. And so Jesus is pattering, hey, look it, first place, go worship. Yeah. Focus on who he is. Thank him. Come into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. The Bible doesn't, the Bible kind of gives, doesn't, he actually does give us instructions. God has a way he wants to be worshiped and prayed. Mm-hmm. And Jesus patterns it so perfectly. It's not saying the Lord's prayer every night. Right. But rather following the pattern of what he's doing. Right. Part of our prayer life is that, is surrendering our will to his will. Right. You know, and, and that's what we we, we see in that. Um, you know, so we, we seek, um, just as we seek for our needs and, 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 and you know, we're we're more inclined to ask for um, our physical, emotional needs, and for us as us and yeah. me, 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 and and that's you know, cool. That right. I, that's acceptable. You know, and and I've I've said this before. Um, it's acceptable for a child to walk around the house right. and be. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. That's okay. They're children. You know, and 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 that that that's that's what comes with their age. But as we mature, mm. the view should now go from yeah. me, me, me to the wider picture. So I'm not going to walk around as a 28 plus year old, you know, being like, um, oh, me, it's all about me. It's all, that's a sign of immaturity. Yeah. Sign of maturity is um, there's a need here. Let me feel it. There's a need here. Let me, let me, let, you know, and in, in our prayer life, it's that. Yeah. There's a need here, Lord. Yeah. There's a there's a need here, God. Mm-hmm. There's your will here, Father. Man. I will surrender yeah. to your will there for yeah. your advancement, for the yeah. advancement of your for kingdom, your glory. for your glory, right. not for me, right. not for what I need. What I yes, I need things, but, but you got that, I, yeah. yeah. That and, and what what absolutely what we saw in Matthew six. So right. and, and it's huge, guys. This is, this, Leonard Ravenhill, who is one of the most awesome people I've ever got to hear sermons and read books from um, has this quote where he says, no man is greater than his prayer life. And that you can say, Hey, I do everything right. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't pray, he says, you're lacking Mm -hmm. and you're lacking big time. And so mature Christian understands the importance of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. We know that prayer in itself as a topic can have a podcast on its own, but we want to emphasize is that mature Christians don't belittle prayer and -hmm. don't see prayer as a place of, of just for or men see it as a place or just a place for the women or mm. or women mm. see only the place for the head of the household but mm. rather that god has an invitation for all of us to come into that place die to ourselves grab a hold of his will and pray that yeah and so that's the importance that mature christians see prayer is important that just as Spurgeon said what's more important breathing in and breathing out the word of god and prayer are both important absolutely so then we continue on to the third point, which is how we respond to rebuke. Mm-hmm. Mature Christians <laughs> respond to rebuke with reception. Like they receive it and they and they don't shy away from it. Now, we both know and then all the listeners know that when someone comes at us with rebuke, our first thing is 
what? <laughs> we come right back at them. We tell them everything. They're like, how are you going to tell me something? How are you going to see the speck in my eye, but not the log in yours? Right, or right, or right. Bible says, judge not yeah. so that you not be judged. And why are you judging me and all these things? And we begin to twist scripture because in that moment, we didn't like what we felt. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really a sign of immaturity mm-hmm. that we cannot see somebody call sin out in our lives and be like, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. Thank you. But rather, oh, yeah, I have this. Well, you have this, 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 this. <laughs> and we tell them 10 things because they told us one. Right. right. And, and that's not a sign of maturity. But maturity is actually being able to receive that with reception and understand that what actually happens in those moments when we go back at them is pride. Mm-hmm. And that maturity is the antidote to that type of pride that always assumes that it's right. That always reacts to being called out by sin. Right. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've all lived this. We've all seen this happen. Right. Our pride flares up and we, we take this as a opportunity to, <laughs> Oh, that was one shot. Well, here, yeah, take, exactly. take my machine gun. Right, we, everything we've been holding inside, <laughs> we let that go. Um, you know, and 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 you know, I think this one is one of the more obvious mm. when it when it rears its head. Right. Of ah, that was kind of immature. Um, you know, when we when we look back um, right. in hindsight, we were like, ah, uh, yeah, that was kind of immature of me. But in the moment, we don't always see the attitude we take and we don't always see um, the, the pride that is there under the surface. Right. And it's huge because at the end of the day, a lot of times I've had many conversations with people and they're like, Hey, why'd you leave the church? Well, the pastor was just so mean. Like, oh, no way. Like, why was he mean? Like he kept telling me that I was in sin and that I was all I think. I just felt so judged there. And in my head, I'm like, yo, that's what that's his role. Right, right. <laughs> like, that's actually when, uh, a it's commission the- <laughs> from God for him to do that. <laughs> it's in his job description. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And a lot of the times we don't want anybody outside of ourselves to recognize that we have sin. Mm. And, and it's huge because when we think like this, Proverbs chapter 26, um, verse 12 tells us this. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? That person who always thinks he's right. That person who can't be corrected. You see that man? Well, it says there is more hope for a fool than for that guy. Hmm. There is more hope for a fool than a man who thinks he's wise in his own eyes. A man who thinks that he's above reproach, that Mm -hmm. he's above correction, that how are you going to come at me? Don't you know that I just finished seminary? Mm. Like, how how are you going to correct who I am (laughs) and my character when I should be telling you, oh, sinner, what you are? Right. And it's like, nah, that's... That's a huge sign of immaturity. Just because I read the Bible every day doesn't mean that I don't need somebody to see the blind spot in my life of sin that needs to be repented from so that I may grow in godliness in God. Right. I, I always say, um, you know, knowledge is one thing. Right. But the the humility to to live out mm. that knowledge is, is a different thing. Right. You know, because we're not all going to know and then apply you know we think we sometimes we just know yeah. uh, you know and so it's such a beautiful thing when we do learn um you know when we do get to that place and i'm i include myself yeah, in that definitely. when when we get to that place of loving correction you know yeah. i believe it's somewhere in proverbs or somewhere in scripture i know it's somewhere in scripture where it says 
the the wise man loves reproach. Mm. You know, it, it 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 almost it almost indicates like looks forward to reproach. Yeah. It looks forward to correction yeah. because in that moment it's like you're seeing something I could not see. Thank right. God that you pointed that out because I wouldn't have seen it. Right. And now that it's pointed out, I can now work on that. Yeah. I can now Huge. I can now you know, focus on that area and see what is under the hood there. Right. Exactly. Know? And sometimes our immaturity when when somebody lovingly comes to us is rears its ugly head and we start roaring like a lion. We react defensively and sometimes even aggressively yeah. to someone who lovingly is pointing out the need for repentance in our life. Mm-hmm. Someone who's lovingly saying, hey, like, I'm not here to judge you, but I am here to call that out. Because as brothers and sisters of light and as as brothers and sisters of truth and as we have elders in the church and pastors in the church who have been placed there so that we can have guides to grow in godliness, them doing that in love shouldn't banter our our, our, our pride to be, hey, get away from me. That You're just judging me. You're so evil. You're so mean. And we start using all this scripture that is tossed around so bad. And the Bible literally says, don't twist scripture. And, 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 and we start doing that because we feel uncomfortable. But rather, can we freely admit that it's very likely that there is a problem in our lives if someone's calling it out? Mm-hmm. And are we open to others shining that light of truth in those blind spots? They're blind because of sometimes we can recognize our own sin. Mm-hmm. But there are sins in us that are things in us that we can't recognize. And Francis Chan has this very funny and awesome quote where he says, pride is like bad breath. Everybody around you knows you have it except yourself. <laughs> and and many times you can't tell or taste that bad breath in your mouth. But everyone's like, dang, bro, like I see it or I smell it very clearly. Really, you want a Mentos, Exactly. <laughs> and so they're, they're, the, the loving part is for someone to be like, hey, like pull me aside and say, hey, you know, like, go brush your teeth, bro. Right, right. You know, and but for us, if someone says that, bro, you're judging me? Right. It's like, Offended. no, we're, we're, we're trying to, to grow together, to learn. And so when someone yeah. calls sin out in our lives especially someone who does it in love, like our pastors, our elders, or those brothers and sisters who, who we trust that are in the light and, and in truth. It's not for us to start taking our sword off and be like, oh yeah, let's go to war. No, it's for us to be like, man, maybe there's some truth behind this. And as mature Christians, that is our heart. We're receptive to being wrong, to being rebuked, to having reproach, because we know that we have uh, as, as, um, as fallible human beings, we have error yeah. and we have places that we cannot see and that we must grow. And we thank God for placing people in our lives that call that out on uh, in our lives. Yeah, that's good. And I, I like using this analogy, too. Is my, my father is a mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. And um, every time I visit, he loves to check out the car, just make sure everything is running okay. Right. This is his profession. Right. He's a mechanic. He, he does this day in and day out. You right. know, this machinery... Way better than I know just driving it, right? right. But if it, 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 immaturity looks like, if he were to tell me, hey, son, there's this light. It's going to take about two, three hours. But if you stay here with me and we work it out together, yeah. you know, we can get this fixed. Exactly. Immaturity would be... um no, I know my car. Right. It's fine. That light is always on. Yeah, I'm just going to, it's been there. Yeah. Like, you don't know, like this, this is my, my <laughs> car. I named it and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name is like Lassie or something. Yeah. And, and the car drives fine, you know, right. and, and you know, you, you don't know. And it's fine. I don't have the time to sit here and fix this. You know, I'm going to just roll the dice with how my car mm-hmm. is when a car 
just like us at times, needs maintenance. Right. It, it has red flags of this needs being this this needs to be fixed. Yeah. You know, or else there are major consequences that can happen down the road. You know, but sometimes we roll the dice just like we do with the car with our own lives and our own mm. you know mistakes and 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 things that we have that we do incorrectly or right. sins that we have not repented of. Like we just roll the dice with that, and right. we're like, we'll figure it out. We will continue moving and driving on. Right. Maturity is you you're right. Exactly. This is a problem and I'm glad you're able to die to identify it cuz I had no clue what that little light with a exclamation mark and two signals around it meant. <laughs> I have no clue, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed it out because now that you pointed it out, yeah. we can get to fixing. We can get together. Mm. I have somebody, I love this too. I have somebody now to be accountable with, wow. to walk this with. Wow. And it, it, there's a beauty in that. Right. You know, a lot of the times, and this goes into our next point, but a lot of the times we want to be perfect. Exactly. When that's not what we're called you know? to be. Because it, it's important because maturity is, is, is supposed to be reflected through humility. Mm. And the heart of mature person when, when coming into rebuke is Psalm 51, 17. That it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Mm. Oh God, that heart you will not despise. Mm. And 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 so it's it's huge. God, I'm coming with this place in hum humbly understanding that in a broken spirit and a contrite heart that knows I need you. Right. And people calling sin out in my life only brings me more and more humbly to you and asking for the grace that is so sufficient, that grace that is so loving to uplift me, to keep me going, to to form me in godliness. And it, and that's the place of a mature Christian. Not yeah. I know everything, right. but rather I recognize how much more I need you. Right, right. And so in the same um, idea or, or thought of um, not being perfect, um, that, that, that's not what we're called to be. Right. Uh, a mature Christ, uh, Christian, we can, or spiritually mature, we can say, um, we can see it also in habitual sins. Um, start to fade. Right. Um, and again, we said nobody's called to perfection, but every Christian is called to progression. Yes. Let me say that one more time because I messed that up at the end and this is important. Nobody is called to perfection, but every Christian is called to progression. Yeah. The plain truth is putting off the old self and being renewed by the Holy Spirit is going to transform you. Yeah. Even if it seems agonizingly slow sometimes. Yeah. And we can see this um, in Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verses 22 to 24, as it says, That in reference to your former manner of life, you may lay aside the old self, mm. which is being corrupted on, in accordance with lust mm. of, of with the lust of deceit. And verse 23 says, And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And verse 24, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And here we see that process. Yeah. Right. Is, 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 he, he says, in reference to your former manner of life, the former way you live, the former uh, things you were used to doing, saying, yeah. being a part of. 
You know, that all was continual corruption, continual deceit, uh, right. confusion. That that all was, it, it, it's almost like a, a, a pig in mud over yeah. and over, rolling in mud. The more you're, the, you're dirty, right. you're just rolling, rolling. That, that's what you took part of, right? But, and, and now being renewed, mm-hmm. renewal is, is, is that a process? Mm-hmm. Is just putting off the old self right. and putting on a new self. It, it almost reminds me of when we have to uh, bathe uh, my daughter, right? And she's like dirty, and and you know we 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 bathe her, we clean her up, you know, put off the old self, mm-hmm. the 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 dirt and the the paint and and the the pen marker, yeah. everything that she may have on her from the day the you know whatever she was doing. Um, putting that off and being renewed, yeah. you know, is washing, is placing on new clothing, right. you know? And so that's huge because you're, what you're saying is huge because a lot of the times um, we seek perfection right? and um, we give up hmm. and we begin like, you know what? I'm never going to make it. And hmm. it's like, yo, we always knew you never were going to make right. it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know right, what right, I mean? Right. Like, like we're, 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 we're fallible human beings who need to trust in the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we must progress. But that scripture you just read is, is, is truth, but the Holy spirit is renewing us and is transforming us every single day. Sometimes it may seem slow, but we trust his word that it's happening. And because it is happening, I should see that sin or that former nature fading in my life right. as I grow, grow in this Christian walk. Right. And it's and some maybe go away yeah. instantly. But the thing is that I look back and be like, you know what? I don't do that as much anymore. Right. Well, that's not the same nature I live by anymore. Because many times uh, we look at, at our nature and we're like, hey, I'm the same person. No, that, that can't be true. If the Holy Spirit is transforming us, we must look at the progression in which our nature is being transformed in this process of renewal. Glorify God in that moment that we're not the same, but understand that that's a process of maturity. And we're seeing ourselves mature because we're seeing sin fade. Yeah. And like you said, by the grace of God, we see some of those things go away, like yeah. upon upon conversion, unbelief, yeah. addiction, hatred, yeah. whatever that may be. But um you know, the some of them, habitual cycles, yeah. things that we were used to, they were common to yeah. us. Um, you know, some of those fade over time. But as we saturate our mind That's with God's key. word, it's not like through time it'll fade. You know, like <laughs> it, it's like, uh, again, like I was saying, you, uh, you know, if I mark myself with the pen rather than going to the soap, going to the water and washing it. And actively saturating it right. to, to cleanse it, you know. And sometimes it doesn't come off at the first it, cleanse. It doesn't come off. You got to keep Especially going. that yeah. sharper, boy. Exactly. That, that thing, the Sharpie, I mean. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes it won't it won't happen, like you said, the first time. But through scrubbing, through yes. process, and, and, yes. and, 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 you know, this soap and water, we're talking about the scrubbing, we're talking about God's word, yeah. saturating it with that. Not it just sitting there. And you know, awesome. oh, it'll it'll go through time while the ink <laughs> is going into your like blood cells and stuff right. like that. But you know, I I I say that to say this is um, you know, my wife one time said, and I love that, um, you know, she had ex- expressed this to all of us as we were talking, you know, amongst the young adults. Um, she was saying that, you know, this wasn't a process that she even wanted to or 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 was like thinking about but it happened mm. um and, and it's not that it's necessary for everybody she wasn't saying it like yeah. this is the standard everybody right. like but she was saying that you know before she was used to like you know just 
uh, the, the you know music uh, yeah. of, of common place music of music mm-hmm. everybody listens to you know uh, secular music right? right and you know she loves pop she loves R and B and 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 rap and all, and all these things that that, that you know right. are out and she she said that not even without even thinking or putting her mind to it like I'm gonna stop like mm. this is this is not right like without doing that for herself. Yeah. She came to a place where her spirit no longer enjoyed wow. those things. Wow. Right? And it's not to say, you know, hey, I'm not here like, okay, no secular music. Like, throw that up. Like, to each their own conviction. Right? And I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not here to set standards for people. Right. This is for you, your walk, and then God, according to God's word and how that is saturating your own yeah. life. Yeah. But it, it, I, I use this to use the process of the saturation of God's word, the effect the, 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 that God's word had on my wife's heart, on her, on her thinking was at some point, some things are no longer A, satisfying, B, even acceptable. Right. You know? And so, all, it's part of transformation, right? It's and, renewal, and and it's and it's the beautiful part right. of of maturing. Yeah, like like I have been having conversations lately about this, about this process of renewal mm-hmm. and the renewing of our mind, and 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 we have to understand, especially if we didn't grow up in the church, or even if we did, but we're coming to Christianity with our minds, our thoughts being shaped by what we've listened to, mm-hmm. by the movies we've seen, by the friends we've hung out with, by the by the by the school system, by everything. Other than the Bible and God, our, our, our thought process, our minds, the way we live, the way we view certain events, everything has been shaped by the influence of social media, by the influence of TV, movies, whatever, whatever you want to put everything mm-hmm. but God. Right. And that process of renewal is digging into those things and those thoughts right. and saying, I'm replacing that with God's truth. I'm replacing that with what the Bible has um, prescribed for me to hold as truth and to believe and to say as certainty. And that process is, is a process. It's right. renewal. It takes time. It's not place your hand over your head pray over your hand. And all of a sudden you have God's thoughts. No, that's <laughs> not, that's not how this works. God has left us such a holy and sacred book to be able to dive into, to grab a hold of his truth and replace it with that, which we used to think is true and say, God, your absolute truth is what governs my life. Right. And, and, you know, as, as you say that it, we see it in Romans 12 too, and, and do not be conformed to, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind right. so that you may prove what the will of God is, mm. that which is good and acceptable and, and perfect. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, as you said, the Lord may use counseling, accountability, preaching yeah. and prayers as a means of grace by which certain nagging sins get addressed. These are all yeah. things as well that can that can be used. Right. Um, you know, not things we depend on. You no. Know, I'm not going to depend on someone's counseling, accountability, right. preaching, you know. Um, but know that it can be a way God uses. Right. You know, that we don't have to, oh my God, I'm not going to go counsel. No. If we see something and we're like, you know what? I don't know if this is right. And we know that there's somebody mature in the Christian faith. We can go to them. Yes. And and and, and part of that is not only relying, like Ricardo was saying, relying on, hey, that's now every time I got to go, this is it. But rather also being able to see, okay, they're finding this truth in the Bible. There mm. must be something to that. Right. There must be something to reading my scriptures and finding, yo, 
I used to think that was right, but God just totally destroyed that. Right. And now I got to toss that thought out and begin to think and view that in the way God has prescribed. Yeah, because the, the danger is, right, when you don't have that person that is usually there for you right. in, in those times that you're struggling, right? right? You don't have the counseling. You don't have the accountability. You're not listening to a preaching immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, you have not practiced prayer right. for yourself in that, you know, you've only maybe done like public prayer or, or congressional prayer, like whatever it may be. Right. Uh, you know, the danger is, is that when those things are absent, yeah, you like, sometimes we like freak out. Like, right. What is going on? What, yeah. what are we doing here? Rather, when we, our dependency is on the word renewing our mind, the, the saturation of God's word, the, of, of, of what God says, renewing right. us. When we depend on that, then, you know, that that's more of a solid ground. To, and and to last thing on. regarding what you're talking about uh -huh. is that we, the people that we go to, that they saturate us with the word. Right, right, that's right. That's huge. Right. That's that big. we're not going to somebody who, who is like, all right, you want my opinion? No, I don't <laughs> want your opinion. I want God's opinion. Like, yeah. like that's, that has to be big that the people we go talk to, they're leading us straight to scripture. They're leading us into the ways of God, that they're saturating our minds, knowing that that's how we're renewed, not by grabbing someone else's opinion but by grabbing the opinion of God and holding it as truth. Right. And not soothing our emotions. Right. right? Not like, oh, oh, oh it's okay. Like right. this sin or this temptation was exactly. like just a mo like, you know, none of that. Like, yeah. hey, scripture, hit me with it. Hit yeah. me with truth. Hit me with light. You yeah. know, and that's that's where we see that exactly. start to progress and start to transform uh, through word. Right. Um, and so when it comes to sin and temptation, God always provides a way of escape. We right. see this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, as it says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And, and God is faithful, who mm. will not only allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will provide the way of escape also, yeah. so that you will be able to endure it right and so that's that's beautiful like I, I i we've we've said before you know scripture just constantly shows god's heart yeah. he, he shows god's care it's it shows god's care Man. and here we see like you know ten, it's not like oh there's temptation there's yeah. sin good luck like you know <laughs> let's see how you do this time you know it, it's like god provides uh, a way of escape. There won't be something that is meant to just overtake us. Like this is, this is not an unfair fight, not because of who we are yeah, and not because of our ability, but of who God is and the way he has provided for us to get, yeah. get out of that sin, get out of that temptation. You know, it's funny though. Uh, I want people to hold on to that because understand that, that yeah, there is a way out and God provides the way. But mm -hmm. sometimes the way is run the other way. <laughs> like the Bible right. literally says, flee, right. flee from sin. Like, right. oh, okay, God, I'm going to walk into this temptation because I'm thinking that you're going to give me a way out once I'm in it. No, you see that thing, run the other way. Mm -hmm. Run as far as you can. Don't compose. Don't be part of sin. Don't partake in it. See it run. That's, a, that's one of the ways. I just want to mention that because a lot of the times we kind of, We'll misconstrue scripture in our own minds. We're like, okay, the Great Society podcast said, uh, I'm going to go into <laughs> temptation and then God's going to provide a way. No, yes, God is faithful to provide a way, but one of the ways is see it, run. See mm -hmm. it and leave. See it and flee. Mm -hmm. And not be like, all right, God, let's chest this out. Like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to do the sin. Only if you don't give me a way out. <laughs> nah, come on. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. 
finding loopholes. Yeah, exactly. because a lot of times it'll be like, uh, I, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's you know, it, it is that there's moments where we are called to flee. There is yeah. moments like, hey, yeah, I'm not. I'm not in the place to come here and stand and stare this in the face, whatever the sin and temptation is, right. you know. And and so rather than being here and knowingly putting myself in a place that, right. hey, whoopsie. No, yeah. there's no whoopsie. You know that, that there's another direction you can run in. Yeah. There's another way you can uh, uh, go away from this. Yeah. And and and, and that's the path to take. It, it It's being... Right. Why? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's being wise and and also you know running. I, I I like to to say this too. Running to scripture, right? Like you know, just hey, run into the arms of God. Right. I love it when when I, I always use my daughter as a reference. But yeah. this is what y'all gonna get because mm-hmm. that little girl is is my my baby. So, yeah. um, I I love it when she's playing around, but you know she's joking like. She's getting like playfully scared of somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love when she runs into my arms, yeah. you know, because I've, I feel this love, like my daughter is like, knows that she is safe within me mm. and she knows that I won't let, you know, hopefully, right. and I, 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 you know, that's what I'm trying to instill in her mm. is that hopefully she knows that I will not allow anything to happen to yeah. her, that I am there for her, yeah. you know, and in that same way, God, who is a greater father than I am, yeah. you know, will, will, will be their arms open when we mm. run to him. And that, you know, I, as much as, as a father, I love to, to hold her in my arms. I can't even imagine the safety she feels as she just right. throws herself into them. And it, as, as believers, as we walk this out, you know, in those moments, it, it's a beautiful feeling also to run to God. Yeah. You know, that was a side note, but um, <laughs> a Christian is without question, as we see, um, implore to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. And this references Philippians 2.12. Yeah. All the while, a mature Christian trusts. So, again, here we, we, we're trusting um, the, the process of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And who he is. You know, right? in, 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 in who God is. And, and that's the thing. Godliness is work, guys. Okay, I, I the means of grace. Grace is there. And yes, we're not saved by our works. Right. And we're not trying to impose that. But there is a responsibility that we got. And we're not right. acting like, hey, we're hand free, everything. No. God is, grace is there to empower us in these seasons and in these moments. Mm-hmm. But the Bible clearly says, work it out. Right. Work, do like actually understand that you're going to go and have trials and tribulations, but in those moments, work, go, don't flee. Like, I mean, flee, non, don't stay, run, um, understand that there's do these things when you want to honor God and fear and in trembling, giving him all the glory, um, wage war against sin, wage war against temptation. Don't just sit there and be like, you know what? I guess this is just me, but rather go to scripture, go to prayer, go to counseling, go to your accountability people and wage war against this sin and not be like, Oh, this is just a part of me. No, no, no. Work out this salvation in fear and in trembling. Right. And, and the last point in regards to seeing, you know, a sign of, of spiritual maturity is seeing habitual, uh, sin, uh, sin that is a habit, start to to fade away. Right. Um, a big part in it is the confession of sin. Huge, right? It's it's it, it, sometimes this is like it, it has been uh, not misunderstood. Just kind of you know, there, there's other cultures that 
use it differently. Other religions. And so like Christians are like, oh, okay, no, that's not for me. Like same right. thing with the thing of meditation. We're like, oh no, what does meditate mean? And we're not right. going to get into that because that's a whole different <laughs> spiritual practice. But the, the thing of confession is something that the Bible asks of us and right. that we should practice. And it's not something like, oh, right, only that religion does it. Now that I'm a Christian, I don't got to confess. Except right. the moment that I came to the altar call and I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> that is totally wrong thinking. Right. And we see this practice being um, asked of us in 1 John 1, 9. Um, as it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous Amen. to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. This is beautiful because yeah. a lot of the times we want to hold it in and we want to ask for forgiveness real quick. I'm sorry. And let it be that. Yeah, that's it. But not confess like, yo, God, you know. I did that. I did that. <laughs> like that was, I don't know. I, I you know, I wasn't the I wasn't the the kind of kid that would raise their hand if they did something wrong in class. Yeah. They would be like, "Who is it?" Or we're all losing uh, recess. If it was me, we was all losing recess, yeah, bro. Yeah. But you know, there were the, there were those kids that were pretty honest, and they were like, "It was me," you yeah. know. And the, that confession, though, yeah, brings freedom. Yeah, you know, even even in in that scenario, it's yeah. like that that confession is like that child no longer has to hold that guilt. It's yeah. not their job to hold that yeah. guilt. It's not their job to hold that, yeah. that, 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 that mistake or, or whatever that, that caused an yeah. issue that was now with a confession comes freedom with that freedom comes progress right. with that progress comes the transformation that we've been. That I, we've been talking. God ain't scared of our sin. No. He's dealt with that thing already. Right. Like it's dealt with. Like, it's not a surprise like, to him. He, 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 <laughs> Dealed with that on the cross. Right. And, and he's not scared of it. The thing is, are we are able, it's, it's such a beauty. In exchange from the confessing of sins, what do we see? His faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's not scared. It's like, I want to show you my faithfulness. I want to show you my love towards you. And it's not like, okay, God, then here's everything I've ever done. And I'm going to keep doing it habitually. No, 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 no. We should see a progress from the day that we started to the day that we are now in our maturity, that sin has been fading in our lives. But that we understand that we have such a good father who is waiting to show us his faithfulness, love, and mercy the moment we come to confess. And in that confession, I'm not only getting to see the faithfulness of God, but I'm also getting to see the fallibility of man and that I have to come humbly knowing that I need you. Absolutely. And this, I, I absolutely need you. Yeah. That I can't do this on my own. Right. So God, here I am with this humble, contrite, broken spirit mm -hmm. that you will not despise. Mm -hmm. Lord, I need all of your grace, all of your power. And that is how we see sin fade and grow into maturity in our lives. Right. And how do we Going back to one of the very first points when we um, were talking, to, starting to talk about um, the the fading of sin and the fading of, of the habit of sin um, in our lives is how do we combat that? Yeah. How, 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 how do we combat um, wanting to be perfect? Yeah, you know, because sometimes we view it as okay, well then, you know, I I can't I can't be a I can't see myself. The, the thing is, is that sometimes we we try to trick ourselves, mm. right? If if I don't address it, 
then others can't see it. And maybe mm-hmm. God won't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the truth. And I don't right. think nobody fully believes that. Right. But we try to do a workaround. We try right. to just kind of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm living this new life now. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm a believer now. I've given my life to God. I've, I've, I've done these things. Of, of, you know, I'm falling in love and I'm having this relationship with God. But, you know, now I can't mess up and I'm not afforded to mess up. You know, like we said, it is our responsibility to work towards yes. on our work on our 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 salvation, yeah. but at the same time, in that same breath, it is not perfection. No. It's progression we're right. looking for. Right. And how do we progress? Is through when sin does become a a thing in our life. When we do sin, which we are going to sin, right. you know, we confess it. Right. We say, God, here it is. This is the this is what I have done. This is what I did. This is the guilt I feel for doing it. Yeah. And I give that to you in exchange. I want your forgiveness. Yeah. I want, you know, I, I receive your righteousness. I want to see the power, your power in my life. Right. Continue recognizing God that I need you. And it's not a bad place to be. I, in the sense of I we're not here to say, hey, be comfortable in your sin. No, we not understand that sin is an abomination to God, mm-hmm. that his eyes are too pure to behold evil and that it has no mix with him. And we believe that and we affirm that and we say run from sin, but also understand that we are fallible human beings and that we should go to him and yeah. we should confess our sins to a loving father who is so faithful to forgive us, to is so faithful to do what he said to Paul, where he says, hey, guys, guess what? My grace is sufficient. And that in your weakness, my power is displayed. And when you're weak, then you're actually strong because you're leaning in my strength. And this is huge, guys. This is huge. And we're not saying, again, this was all the parts of maturity that we wanted (laughs) to cover. And if you like, there's so much more and there's so much more we could have talked about. But we really um, wanted to hit these points that were highlighted to us. And, and really just recap it with keep your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith yeah. in Jesus Christ. Um, understand that this is a race that takes endurance and that we must keep our eyes fixated on the prize and trust in his character, trust in his attributes that he has declared himself to be immutable, which means never changing. And the same God of yesterday, the same God today and forever. And he will be constant in your life and you shall see him work in such a beautiful way because he has declared it to be so. Yeah. And, you know, if any of these points made you uh, go like, ooh, <laughs> a little mature in that in that aspect, um, yeah. you know. Awesome. That, you know, perfect. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's, that's, that's the that's the calling of reproach and, and calling out. And, right. um, you know, it, it's great to, for that to be identified. Right. You know, you're no lesser, no greater you know, for maturity or immaturity, it's just the the the, the point is 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 identifying areas we are immature, right. and you know, again, like we said with salvation, is it having the responsibility to, hey, I need to grow. That is an area right. I need to grow. You know, and we gave scripture, so you know, in, in those areas that you need, you know, a little bit of yeah. boost, and you know, get in those scriptures, you know, and 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 and, and ask God for for more. You know, for more direction than that, and, and in no way we're saying that we're here. No, um, we're actually are 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 understanding that we're seeing these and saying, "Wow, ow!" At the same time, yeah, yeah. You know, but recognizing that this is where God has exhorted us to go right. and to be and to grow and to become mature. And so we're not um, picking these points because we're like, "Oh yeah, 
I'm above reproach now. And like, I, I'm such a humble person. No, right. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but rather, we want to grow as well. But highlighting these things so that we don't stay where we're at. Right. And so we thank you guys so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. We, we pray that this was a blessing for you guys. And that um, the Lord really is able to show us in our hearts the places in which we still need to mature. Love you guys. Love you.